Oh. I didn't think you meant like actually. Oh, you're gonna get the belt. <laughs> I probably deserve it, let's be honest. Yeah. I'm recording now. I was thinking, like, you know how, like, the dads always, like, fold the belt so it makes the louder noise when it, like, slaps together? Yeah. There would have to be a dad that doesn't know that trick and it's just all buckle all the time. Yeah. That's 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 a traumatic childhood. Ladies and future boys, welcome to the School for Wayward Nerds, the only podcast essential to life itself. My name is Toby DePaula, and it is day 10 of the 2022's No Not November. How are you holding up, dear listener? I hope it's going well. I, of course, don't partake myself. I am more of a, um antagonist, uh, which is why when it came time to pick the topic for this episode, I chose to go with some of the thirstiest anime humanly possible. Um, that's why we're making our way through the many maidens of Monster Masume. Uh, Musume. I typoed that. Um, just at the start. Look at me go. This may be a moose in there. Mm, may as well be. There's everything else. Joining me as always is producer Kaya. Kaya, who is your wife of a choice here? It's always important to wave a flag, regardless of what you're watching or how important it is to anyone. You asked me this yesterday and I said no. You have to have a favourite. You have to participate. <laughs> What's the boy's name? I wrote it down. Kimihito. Who's my waifu? Okay, cool. <laughs> Alright, so before being an anime, Monster Musume, Daily Life with Monster Girls was a manga created by a person under the pen name Okayado, uh, and beginning in March 2012. It is published through Takuma Soten in their monthly comic Ryu Magazine. I didn't recognise any of the other titles on there, but I saw this, A Centaur's Life, and Nurse Hitomi's Monster Infirmary, so... You know, I'm seeing a pattern. Mm. <laughs> Alright. Um, anyway, we experienced the series through the anime, so let's tangent over to that. In 2015, Monster Musume began airing across the world, directed by Tatsuya Yoshihara, who directed Black Clover, and is in the art department for this hot new trend, Chainsaw Man. Mm. An inescapable one, currently. Um, there's a statue for that. Mm-hmm. It was scripted by uh, Kazuyuki Fudiyasu, who... Also did similar adaptation work on Reincarnated as a, as a Slime, uh, Bento, um, a couple oh. Sailor Moon movies, Black Clover, and Interspecies reviewers. Ah. The other candidate for this, this week. This boy is horny boy. As for the cast, uh, I also I think we'll go through them as the show unfolds because every episode tends to introduce somebody. Mm. So episode one, we'll start there. Everyday Life with a Lamia. Uh, it begins with our main protagonist uh, waking up to his alarm. Protagonist's name is Kimihiro Kurusu, um, which A, roughly means public host in Japanese, or so says the internet, and B, a name I had to Google because it gets said one time in the whole show. Yeah. Okay. Hence for his nine dollars. And you it's watched almost all of it. I think I missed like three episodes. Yeah, you, you missed like two. Oh, you, you were very close. I had to start watching them on my time off to do this episode. Um, in the subs version, um, he's voiced by Junji Majima, who voiced uh, that super fast dude in Fairy Tale. Do you remember him? Go face. Yeah. Um, or in the dubs, which is how we watched this one, uh, Bryson uh, Boigus. B A U G U S. Boigus. Bogus. Boigus. Um, so this guy dubbed the main character in one of the seasons of Yu-Gi-Oh! Not Yu-Gi-Oh! Yuga! I don't know, I'm too far removed from that show to understand anymore. Um, 
He is a relatively unassuming character, but he's lucky he's even that. As you recall. Yeah, he's, he's very much a self-insert character. See, if you had seen any of this show before, you might be wondering why his face is barely drawn, animated, or used. Well, that was the compromise. See, when Okiato, uh was putting together the manga's concepts, he was inspired by dating simulation games and wanted to do the series in first person. The publishers, however, said, Please, Okiato, please, your main character has to appear in your manga. No. Dems the rules, come on. No, Dems the rules. So he said, fine, but I will leave him super empty so the reader can project themselves into the role like Neo from The Matrix. Inside his bed, wrapped very tightly around him, constricted, if you will, is a half-woman, half-snake named Mia. She's nice. Uh, she is voiced by Sora Amamiya. Amaya. Uh, uh, you remember the red-haired girl from Persona 5 Royale? Yeah. Yep, she um, voices her in the in the Japanese She's stuff. Mm-hmm. And Alison L. Sumrol on the dubs. Uh, she has roles in Food Wars, uh, in that Super Sonico anime, uh, both of which would be candidates for No Not November candidate uh, topics. Uh, Mia is your standard Lamia, your garden variety top half woman, bottom half snake. Um, it's not even bottom half because she has a vagina and butt cheek. Kinda. She does. I've seen. She gets her underwear from Redbubble. It just, it's like a little sticker. Yeah. It's like a nipple pasty. But I thought you were going to say it's not really half because, like, she's a long snake. I mean, she is also a very long snake, but... I love, the, there's an image on the internet of a dude who's, like, carrying her body pillow around a convention. Mm-hmm. And it, like, it goes it go all the way out and it touches the fence. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, it's a big old thing. Um, Alright, so they're carnivorous, they like eating eggs, she sheds her skin, you know, does snake stuff. Um, they could, they only come in female and require human males to breed, which I will circle back around on in a second. But in another case of interesting universe we don't get to see much of, there are a few subspecies of snake lady. Alright, I wanted to give a little detail on all the types of monsters we see throughout the show as we slither along. Uh, like medusas or gorgons, for example. Uh, they have the snake hair, of course, but they don't actually turn people in a, into stone. The old wives' tale and rumour stems from them having really crummy eyesight. And, um, you know, people staring back at them trying to make out them hmm. kind of, you know, get stuck in place in an awkward silence, like being turned to stone. Ah. Um, you also have the Melusin, uh, usually living by the shores and being more sea serpenty. Specifically, they also feature little wings that can't lift their heavy snake bodies, so they're just for show. Um, the last Lamia type is one with scales on her arms, along with having poisonous fangs. Um, and they have a unique viper pattern on their snake bits. And bafflingly as fuck, they are called echidnas. Spiky. Echidna must mean something else outside of Australia, because that's not a snake. Knuckles ain't exactly accurate either. Alright, so... And yet you think Crash Bandicoot counts? He's a bandicoot. He just have little shorts on. Mm. Alright, so after the protagonist, we are getting used to being called Darling here, um, because Mia fucking wishes she was as cool as Lom, um, he gets his snake friend in the bath and goes to make breakfast, uh, where he meets Ms. Smith in the kitchen. Ms. Smith, uh, named after the Matrix character, that's why she dresses the way she does and wears sunglasses, 
uh, is voiced by Yu Kobayashi in the Japanese VA, who is Nina in the Street Fighter vs. Tekken game. So that's cool. Um, and the horny blonde uh, Katsu from Senran Kagura. Do you remember her? Yes. The one with the big, like, brass knuckles for shoes. Oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Her dub was done by uh, Shelley Colleen Black, who played the pinkhead who played a pinkhead milf in High School of the Dead, and a couple of characters in Kandagawa Jet Girls. Okay. Remember the jet ski racing game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she does some of the dub for that. Makes uh, sense. Kai, what did you think of Miss Smith? Um, she's... I, I don't want to be part of her friendship group. Okay. Because she is annoying, kind of. I'm under the impression that she's just lazy at her government job. Yeah. And when she realises that uh, Darlene, who she calls Darlene as well, um, will accept any and all exchange program girls, she no longer has to screen candidates. Yeah. So she she, she also might, might like hassling him a little bit. She's here to remind him the rules of this universe, which are kind of more interesting than the show. So the Japanese government, and as a result I would have to assume all the others, announced to the public, yeah, dude, monsters have existed this whole time and we just didn't want to tell you about it. Now they want to experience human culture and we are helping them integrate into society through a program where a monster is assigned a carer to help them do so. It's like an uh, uh, um, exchange student program, but like on the next level. Yeah, and similar to a student exchange program, they cannot fuck or fight the people. They're also not allowed to go- leave the house without their... They have to have a chaperone, yes. Yes, yes. Um... If they, you know, do any of these things wrong, the monsters will get deported and the Guardian will be put in jail. I immediately have questions the show will not bother to try and answer. What else is the government hiding? Some of these species require human mates, so what's the deal with that up until now? Um, where were they... Where are they being deported to? Can I marry Bigfoot? Look, if the manga answers these questions, I'm on board to try it out. Um, it's like Raw Hero. You know, great universe, great concept, wasted on strange softcore porn. Mm, sure. You don't think that? Well, I think it's a cool it, idea for it, a show and it could be utilised in a lot of fun ways. I'm, I'm we mostly thinking, use it for boob jokes. I'm thinking as we get through, like, the show, mm. I, I don't like it in the later parts because, like, it becomes too many shows trying to be one show. Hmm. I understand that doesn't really make sense, but it does. It's doing on uh, maybe too many different things. Yeah. I'll, I'll get into it later. Um, so, um, that's the chaperone stuff you mentioned is pretty much where the rest of this episode goes, um, with dashes of monster racism elements thrown in for Darling to defend against. I can see why the peaceful fun in the midst of this chaos might be relaxing to a lot of viewers. It's a very popular show, but I walk away usually just needing more answers. Mm. Qui bono, Monster Musume. Alright, um, so most, te- most episodes seem to introduce a new monster to play with, but not episode 2, Everyday Life with a Harpy and a Centaur. Spoiler alert, we meet both a Harpy and a Centaur. Oh, spoils. Yep, this begins with Darlene being kidnapped by a Harpy. Her name is Puppy, Japanese voice actress is Ari Ozawa. Uh, she appears in Demon Slayer and plenty of other stuff, but nothing I personally recognise. Um, we definitely recognise her English voice, though. For this is not the first time we have seen, um... Wendy. Mm. Brittany Kabalski play a short, childish, blue-haired girl with no tits. Um, by the way, a harpy is half-bored. Mm-hmm. Half, half um... Yeah. If you if you remember my Valentine's deck in Yu-Gi-Oh, you know exactly what we're talking about. 
Very I similar. Do, to I do not. Thus, <laughs> it is a it is a bird, but like it has wings, not arms. Mm-hmm. It has legs and a tail, but also a vagina. She doesn't have a tail. She doesn't have a tail. No, brother. Alright, so, um... But she does have a vagina. She, it's very prominent. It gets annoying after a while. Fat pussy lips. Moose knuckle, my it's friend. It's real bad. Hmm? It's real bad. It's more than a camel toe. It's more than a... A moose knuckle. It's like a... They hometown her... Multiple times an episode. It's like a griffin fist. Alright, so uh, Brittany Kowalski uh, plays Wendy in Fairytale, we mentioned. Um, this actress we know from a bunch of stuff. She appears in Ghost Stories, High School of the Dead, uh, Kandagawa Jet Girls, Kaijo, Pop Team Epic. Um, she's the English version of Katsu from Senra Kagura. So that's like a bingo for that character. We've got both versions in this. Um, um, I would like Poppy, but yeah, like you said, but her innocence is so perverted and distressing. <laughs> Do you remember her eating that ice cream in the park in this episode? No. Um, she doesn't have hands because she has wings. Yeah. I know she struggles with it. So, um, uh, main boy, like, holds the icy pole for her oh, to eat. Oh, yeah. And it, like, it has dick veins, my friend. And, like, when she gets all the ice cream, like, splattered on her, it's vanilla ice cream, of course it is. <laughs> Cut to her bird bathing in the fountain completely naked. Um, so probably is a standard type of harpy. Let's talk about that. They struggle to see at night, they lay eggs, and, you know, can fly because they have wings instead of arms and hands. Poppy herself is bird-brained, having the ahoge hair and everything. Um, that, but means, I, that means, uh, um... It's like an alfalfa. alfalfa. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that's a species-wide thing. They, they might be intelligent ones. Um, uh, what is species-wide, though, is their small frames. See, they look childish, but that's them fully grown. Um, you know, because they have to be light enough to fly. Um, I love that they also hate scarecrows and they don't like CDs hung from balconies. Oh man, that's it. I'm going around the house. Specific hang, bird hanging details. CDs. Um, and the most similar subspecies, I think, is the raptors, who are just bigger, tougher, and harder to please. Not all subspecies can fly, though. Um, the land animal harpies have small arm wings and big, powerful legs for running around. You know, they kind of look like Blaziken from Pokemon. Little emu. Hmm. Big emu, big, no, like, big fucking, not emu, the other guy. Cassowary. Oh, no, they got cassowary feet. <gasps> cassowary. Yeah, brother. Um, and then you got the poultry subspecies, these poor, these poor mother clockers, man. Chicken! They can't run fast, they can't fly either, they are chicken, meaning total pussies, and they lay eggs every day. Aw, buddies. You should see the picture, like, the, the girl in the diagram has, like, a big red poof on the front, which is, I guess, a rooster reference. Um, so... What a cock. Yeah. So after some hijinks in the park. When when you're quite finished playing with uh, trees. Alright, so um, they have some hijinks in the park. Uh, Puppy, Mia, and main boy save a little girl stuck in a tree after the commotion. A police officer asks Puppy where her host is. Uh, worried she will get deported or aborted because she can't keep track of words. Um... The main boy claims is, claims to be her host, and Miss Smith arrives on the scene because, like, monster affairs or whatever, and she sees the darling is saying that he's the host, and she's kind of like, cool, that makes it easy for me, baby. Easy, breezy, beautiful cover girl. And apparently she, like, just runs away from... She's meant to be in school, but she just runs away a lot. Mm-hmm. Just distracted because she's bird-brained. 
So, Kai, you know the anime trope where running into someone around a corner and, like, they're destined to be soulmates? A meet cute. Mm-hmm. I mostly know that one from Pop Team Epic, which probably isn't a great thing. No. But while out for groceries, Kimihito uh, does this, running into Centuria. And I don't mean the Sublime song, I mean a centaur. Uh, she is voiced by Natsuki Aikawa and Molly uh, Cersei. Um, your average centaur is half person, half horse. You know them, you've seen them. Um, these species actually come in male, uh, but the men are brutish versions seen in Greek mythology. So the women tend to be more proper, and the men are kind of like a great example of what not to be. <laughs> Which reminds me of those dudes in Rick and Morty, but I don't remember what they're called. Um, this species, you know, you got a variety centaur, actually, you know, um, they justify their colossal tits by saying the species are big creatures and require lots of milk to feed the young, and they got to be big enough, you know, that the child centaur can reach them. I mean, you've put too much thought in if that's your story. you got to have an excuse, okay? Uh, and just when I thought they were confusing horse for cows because of udders, we get the quote-unquote dairy breed of centaurs. Um, they are meek, thick with two C's, natural maternal instincts, and of course monster mommy milkers. Like, bigger than centaur ears. Alright, and if you need something a little smaller, then try the lightweights, or the racing centaurs, which are slim and lean and, you know, race horses with a woman, you know, for a face. Hmm. Um, I don't think I want to measure my woman in hands. Well, they... Yeah. They're good at um, taking care of their bodies, though, because they don't want to go to the glue factory or anything like that. Uh, lastly, there is heavyweight centaurs. Tough as an ox, a little dim. Used so, a Clydesdale? You, well, yeah. They're used to wearing heavy armor, but mostly working labor-intensive jobs these days. Yes, they are kind of Clydesdales, which is disappointing to me, because, you know, they're beefy horses. I was kind of expecting, like, a rhinoceros body. Does that mean that there would be, like, a Shetland pony? No, I don't know. I don't is know what type of horse that is. Are there dwarf centaurs? No. You've got the skinny racing ones, the normal ones, like the, the milk ones, which aren't cows, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, speaking of disappointing, um, if you can see the ears on any of these monster girls, then you are seeing some lame ears. I hate their ears. They look like their heads, t- their, their heads are T-posing. Yeah! They're elf ears, but not like back, like Tinkerbell. They are fucking prominently horizontal. Yeah. And they're always furry. Kind of. It becomes the cat-girl argument, you know, where you wonder where, like, what's going on under the hair? Because at some point, mid-sideburn, fur stops abruptly and becomes face. Not really, because men have... There is a furry. Yeah, but you have, you have, your face is furry and your head's furry. So you think their ears have beards? Yeah. I'm sure to think about that. (laughs) And now I want to see them with earbuds. Earbud. Okay. Um, so, the main boy and the centaur stop and mug him. And during the chase, Kimihito rides on her back, which is like a proclamation of some sort to centaurs. Um, hijinks regarding her giant fucking Leanne Crow tits or whatever. And the next thing you know, she picks the boy as her master and she moves in as well. Are you catching the pattern yet? Yeah. Right. They, they, all the monsters are horny as crap for Darling. Mm-hmm. Darling, honey, master. Uh, the other one. I forget. So episode three revolves around Smith saying he should marry one of the girls to help progress and expand the interspecies exchange bill. Which I figured would be important because the intro animation <clears throat> begins like in a wedding, like they're all in wedding dresses and shit. But the show forgets about this plot line, so let's move on to episode four and meet Sue. 
How do you feel about Sue? I like Sue. Yeah. Um, she's introduced. She's my favorite. She's kind of introduced like that monster in fucking Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Like she's in a pot that Mia was cooking with. Mia's not very good at cooking, though she tries every single day. They explain that the carnivorous types don't really have very sensitive tongues, so as far as she can tell, it's fine. Hmm. So it, it's like that certain family member in Vinegar? I don't know what that is. Um, but the, um, oh my nan. Okay. I thought you said, I was trying I thought you said to be in Vinegar, and I'm like, I don't know what that movie is. <laughs> I was trying to be polite. Alright, well. Um, Kyle liked Sue. Um, I find that she's pretty popular with female viewers, and I'm surprised that there are female viewers. Uh, she's voiced... Slimy. Yeah, she is. She's a slime. Uh, voiced in Japanese by Mayuka Nomura, who is in a bunch of Blue Blaze, uh, that fighting game I only know because they added fucking Senra and Kagura's Yumi and no other characters to their cross-tag battle game. Rude. Um, uh, but her English voice is Monica Ryle. Hmm. You know this one. Because she is stocking from Panny and Stocking. She is Bulma from Dragon Ball Z. She is Mira Jane from Fairy Tail. Uh, she's um, good character. Do you remember Momoko from Ghost Stories, the really Catholic one? Oh yes. Yep. Um, uh, she was Tomie in that adaption that wasn't very good. Um, she's in a lot of stuff. I'm surprised she just kind of like makes little noises in this. It's one of those like you hide like your fanciest. It's, it's voice like actress Alan, for this. Um, Alan Tudyk. Tudyk. Mm. He, he plays the chicken in Moana. Yeah. <laughs> Um, alright, so you ready for my Pokédex description of slimes? Yeah, but she's not like a normal slime. No, she's not like the little round ones that you see in like dungeon crawling it's video ba- games. Basically, imagine like a water balloon, but with sentience. Okay. Alright, so one of the newly discovered species of monster, probably a reference to how the others so far are Greek mythology monsters, while slimes are like from video game dungeons. Uh, because they are new, they don't have much of an understanding of human culture or history, making them seem a little bit silly. Uh, they are fast learners, though, and shapeshifters, depending on how wet they are. Now for the subspecies, starting with red slimes, because they are the closest to normal slimes. They are a little smaller, a little bit more aggressive. Uh, red. They are red, obviously, and that is because they are acidic and can dissolve pretty much anything that you chuck into them. Oh, no. The green slimes are poisonous, and due to the toxins in their bodies, they kind of bubble. Not just on the inside, but little green bubbles, like, float out of them. Oh, no. Um, uh, they have trouble keeping a form together, but I like the detail that they say bitchy things because they are naturally quote-unquote venomous. Aww. <laughs> you know it's I'm just saying? a sassy bitch queen. Yeah. She spits venom because she's venomous. <laughs> so... So black slimes are darkened by way of toxic waste. They are dark and that means so is their personality. Grim little miserable things, man. Um, they don't get along with people. Very hostile. Uh, the last kind are the only subspecies that aren't just a scale of asshole. <laughs> the rare pink slime. Alright. Not to be confused with pink paste. These are actually sweet because they come from flowery meadows. Their diet of nectar and flower buds has turned them into a walking tea 2 store. Is it wrong if I start labelling people in what their slime is? You're welcome to steal that as in the same way you were doing, like, small dick energy as a passive-aggressive comment on people's behaviour. So, this is an etchy universe. This is a horny harem anime. Mm. So the pink slimes that eat all the flowers, you know, flowers being the reproductive parts of the plant. Um, the pink slime's diet is exclusively breeding material. So as a result, they are horny all day, every day. There's just no good slimes. <laughs> Not a, well, what about Sue? 
She's blue. That's right. She's a garden variety one, which is not as fucked up as the other ones. She's blue. She's always sucking on women and making them orgasm, though. She's trying to get the moisture. <laughs> yeah, she's sucking the moisture out of ugh, out of women. <laughs> like she hasn't worked out where Master Keeps is. <laughs> I'm surprised she hasn't yet. So anyway, she becomes fast friends with Poppy, and they save a kid from being hit by a car driven by the recurring uh, monster racist couple. Which is wild, because they're an interracial couple. <laughs> You'd think they'd be more fucking sensitive about these topics. Yeah, but they only just got... We might be different kinds of humans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, sure as shit, after, she, after this, she moves into the house with main boy. Um, by the way, his parents live abroad without him, and at some point they are probably going to come home to this fucking horny little harem their son has cultivated. Uh, not here, though. They never come home in the anime. Oh. Again, another, like, loose detail that probably could have been utilised. I, t- I was wondering, because he, he's has made that to not be that old. <laughs> he's whatever age you, the viewer, are. Because he is a self-insert character. I'm old enough to live by myself, thank you. Well, that well, that's how he gets away with it. Oh. So next episode, the girls hide Sue from Smith uh, because she's kind of like an illegal immigrant at this point. But they, but they leave Kimihito behind and he goes looking for them only to be ran over by a woman in a wheelchair. Main boy eventually finds the girls and puts Sue in a plastic bag like she's a fucking cat in Gotham. And when they get home, Smith is organizing a pool expansion to the house. Again, those parents are going to come home and not recognize the house. Yeah. So they think it's for... Oh, how many rooms does he have? Well, he has a bunch now. He has a fucking pool room now. Um, they think it's for Sue, but it's actually for Wheelchair Girl, who is Mero the Mermaid, voiced by Haruka Yamazuki and Maggie Fleckno. Uh, there isn't really a shitload of information about mermaids, but we know what a mermaid is. Like, you've seen one before. They're not nice people. I was thinking about, like, the little mermaid. Like, you know what a mermaid oh, is. Oh, no, like, historically, mermaids are... They used to... The whole singing was so that they could, like, lull sailors and then yeah, drown them. Yeah, that's sirens. Um, but in this one, they're more, like... They mostly fetishize unrequited love. Yeah, they they like reading smut. They want to be cucks. Yeah. <laughs> all right? So, look, as long as their gills are wet, they're all right. Um, they use wheelchairs to get around on the land when they aren't living in nice tropical waters. The main thing that separates these merms from your average merm is the weird praying mantis arms that protrude from the hip. I know fish have fins there, but like this is the only time I've seen those actually on a mermaid, and they're kind of... I don't know. I don't want my love handles grabbed by like a scaly flipper, and the woman still has like her arms. You know, like there's something... Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd fuck a fish. Is what I'm getting from this. Alright, so what other details have I got here? Okay. Let's talk subspecies, huh? Um, Miro is a saltwater breed, um, but they also come in freshwater breed. Uh, They're slim and lean and less colourful and made to deal with river rapids and waterfalls. Shark race are cool. Uh, The one in the picture is dressed like a pirate. I like it. That's cool. Um, So they got a shark bottom half. Mean teeth and are carnivorous. Uh, they are wild and aggressive folk, but because shark bones, whoops, are cartilage. Uh, don't mind me. They sli- make good soup. Um, I, I don't know if you're supposed to eat them. That's what people do with sharks. <laughs> I, I know. They're very mean to sharks. They cut off their back dorsal fin. Hey, bit. Shark. Oh. Oh. No. Oh. What happened? You were so you were so happy for a moment. 
want to know what detail is pissing you off. Well, I'm not pissed off. It just looks very slimy. Yeah. Well, they're all kind of fish. They're all going to be kind of slimy. Let's be realistic. They they are here. Let's talk about it. Um, Yep, uh, because they're cartilage, they're a little bit delicate. Then you've got the eel race. Alright, they are smack dab in the middle between mermaid and lamia. Long and good at living on land are their mucus, the stuff that keeps mermaids from drying out. Uh, The eel kind is used as massage oils and in cosmetics. So yes, a little bit slimy. Then we got the hardest episode for us to watch, uh, in which Main Boy has to help Mia shed her skin to the point of orgasm, uh, and then help Poppy lay a fucking egg. Remember that one? And this is the pervy porno guy. That's right. The whole time a creepy filmmaker is there. It's all pretty um, it's something. Uh, and it ends with the filmmaker getting tied up and abandoned by the monster he has been hosting and exploiting. Uh, for once, some setup will actually pay off later. First, though, we got to see another good premise that isn't utilised or get its own, like, anime universe. The Mon, which are monster ops neutralization. Yeah, see, this is where it started to lose me, because they had two good ideas, but they didn't This would have been better as a spin-off. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm hearing you and I agree. It, it was confusing, because now you've got two shows, but neither of them matter anymore. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... So some fat pig orcs take over a manga store and take hostages because there isn't enough orc-based hentai or something, mm. as you recall. But remember how I said there can't be any human on monster crime? Yes. Well, the police force can't do anything about them. No, because they're humans. Well, it's a dumb loophole aside. Miss um, Smith Possibly has... Possibly should have thought about this prior to allowing them here, but... Look, Miss Smith has a thing for it. Mon. A crack team of monster girls to neutralize threats. Um... So, let's uh, make a dash through these girls, huh? Okay. Uh, the orcs shoot down one of the characters. Her name is a spoiler that she wasn't really dead. Uh, Zombina is voiced by Rei Muchizuki and Kira Vincent Davis. She's a common... I don't know if she counts. She's a common zombie. Yeah. Why does she not count? Because she's a zombie. As, she doesn't count as a monster girl? Well, she's a human. I don't know. These the guys- other ones all have, like... Parts. They're all some sort of weird theme. There's always something. So these garden varieties come from rare infectious diseases, even though voodoo zombies are, by rule, by definition, cooler. Right. They can move around and live day-to-day lives, but they will not heal, so they've got to be careful with themselves. <laughs> uh, you know, they used to rot, but modern medicine keeps them going about as long as a person, thanks to antiseptics and preservatives. Uh, that's a modern zombie, but there's also a subspecies called the early zombie. Uh, these ones were zombified before modern technology could do that shit, so they spend most of their time in refrigerated rooms, only coming out during, like, winter, so they don't decompose too much. Um, unfortunately, their brain's a little bit dead, too, so they have the personality of someone who just woke up. Oh, I, um, I feel pointed. <laughs> okay, well, um, then guess what? You got mummies. There's mummies in here. The mummy is a form of zombie from arid, dry areas. These climates are, you know... I wrote unborn. I don't know what that means. Oh, the climates they are unborn in, sorry. Uh, Keep them dry and intact. They don't like being too dry now that they're up and out and about. So So it's like a raisin. Well, they don't want to be like that. So they, you know, know, they bathe a lot to replenish their moisture and sort of get back to a a normal form. Okay. 
Uh, they've been known to try and absorb life from youth, uh, you know, from youthful young men. Looks suggestingly at co-host. They try to suck the life I, out of I, boys. I, I know. Uh-huh. I but, decided not to go. But that's actually a placebo effect, and the guy is pretty safe. Good for him. Lastly is the Jang Shi, uh, which is a Chinese hopping vampire. Oh. You know those things. that You'd know them if you saw them. They're, they're an iconic sort of image. Um, they're mostly fi- found in China and Taiwan. These zombies suffer more from rigor mortis than the other kinds. Their knees and elbows are often solid as a rock, so they have to sort of hop around. Um, tai Chi can help stretch them out, but they have to do it daily, as sleeping will leave them, you know, seized up again. The only thing I like with rigor mortis is, is the little goats. You like the fainting goats? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I thought you would like zombies because you are either half asleep in the brains or constantly in the bath. I mean, both are good. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the other people in the Mon squad is Leela from Futurama. Let's be realistic here. A purple-haired cyclops. No, no, my apologies. She is a mono-eye. Yeah. Not a cyclops. Not a cyclops. Monarco, the sniper, is her name, and she is played by Momo Asakura and maybe Jade Saxton. There's no E in Jade, so she might be Jad. She's welcome to contact me and let me know when it's correct. It's fine. Um, It's it's Jade. Look, we know her from a lot of stuff, though. She's Mayo in Archibus Trip. Fucking love that anime. Um, She's Carla from Fairy Tale and Kana from Dragon Maid. She's in a little bit of Kaijo. She's in a little bit of Senra and Kagura. Card captors. She's just making her way around. Mm Mm-hmm. So the Mono-Eye are one-eyed creatures. Pretty simple. They're very similar to human beings, aside from really good eyesight, lousy death perception, and susceptibility to allergies. You know, because you get that red, dry, itchy eyes during hay fever season. It's pretty intense for someone who is... The 50% Mostly of their head is an eye. eye. Yeah. Most people are off-put by the big old eye, so they're often self-conscious. I assumed they were the... You know... I assumed they were Cyclops. Common misconception. Cyclopses are bigger than average mono eyes. They are naturally really good at smithing because they can see the red-hot steel and the strength of the fire and stuff, you know? Mm. Things like that. Uh, here's a picture of them. Show me. That's a Cyclops. Oh. Big tough versions of mono eyes. Yeah. Big ass hammer. Alright, so. Um, I guess their eye would be able to see like a weld in progress as well. Yeah. Their eye's not sensitive because it's big. It's strong as fuck because it's big. Okay. Um... Apparently, other types of mono-eye are jealous of their naturally fat tits. It's a piece of information I found. I mean, I understand. They've got that big Viking body. Yeah. And all the other versions of mono-eyes are just pretty, like, fucking small. Skinny bitches. Alright, um, so there's the one-eyed monk. But that doesn't really seem like a subspecies to me. It seems more like a mono-eye with a specific job. So, uh, that leaves us with the blackbeard. These similar framed mono eyes have a more powerful eye than the average, not in a strong way like Cyclopses. Uh, they can hypnotize or blind others and even fire a fucking laser, maybe. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. They can be suspicious of people who are nice to them because they're pretty childlike in appearance. You know, they've got the whole lolly leader thing oh, going yes, on. Very so, yeah, if someone's friendly to them, they're like, you're probably a fucking scumbag and want to you. You are a public. I'm like, well, don't dress like that. But choose emo. You know, you got to let people be themselves. 
Um, so those are Mono Ice. You like them? They're pretty cool. Alright. So I liked uh, Tioniza. <laughs> Couldn't fucking pronounce her name. I didn't even know it. Oh. I had to Google who this character was and look at the pictures and be like, oh, right, right, right. The Ogre. Oh, right. Okay. Uh, she's voiced by Eureka Kubo and uh, Christina Stoop. Uh, she is an ogre. Less like Shrek and more like Lady Demetress with a horn. Tall creatures, man. Between two to three meters tall. Um, they have a darker skin and like one or two horns. It says they have pointy ears as well. Like, But all fucking monsters seem to, so who cares? Uh, despite their imposing size, ogres are pretty chill. Uh, you've also got the Oni, which, you know, like the, the other type of ogre from Japan. Hmm. Um, they're similar, but skin colors range from red to blue. They're usually only two meters tall and wear tiger print like other Onis we know. Cough, cough, lum. Don't know any others. <laughs> Trolls are a type of ogre as well. They are green, have smaller horns, but little protruding tusks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they are bigger than ogres. In height and muscle mass, they're pretty ripped. Uh, they're also pretty chill, though. They worry about finding decent clothes to wear because it's hard to find clothes that big. I, yeah. You agree? That's true. Someone who doesn't really care about clothing looking nice is the Gigantus. Um, last subspecies of Origa, because they are over 10 metres tall, they can only wear whatever they can find. They're usually making loincloths out of a blanket mm-hmm. at that height. Um, they're pretty timid because they don't want to hurt people, to the point of just kind of sitting still when they have nothing to do, like big statues. Mm. Right. That's a bit sad. Yeah, but they, they mean well. Yeah. Last in the team is the doppelganger, whose name is fucking Doppel. Sayori Onishi and Emily Neves voice this one. These shapeshifters don't have much information because they are, very, they are very elusive creatures. Similar to Ditto, I guess. Um, in fact, there are no subspecies of these. Ditto. No other options. They are known as the Shadow People. Using their phantasmagoric hair to change form, they're usually naked but aren't self-conscious or shameful because we can safely assume we don't know what their actual true form fucking is. They are the faceless gods of a sort. Which of the Mon crew do you like the best? Ditto. I like the doppelganger? I feel like she's barely in it. Well, I suppose when she's in it, you can't really tell because she's usually somewhere else. She, she's the chick that gets um, held hostage because she looks like the yeah, one she's on the, the fake front hostage, of the yeah. um, thing. Mm-hmm. So, after- Zombie Girl was a pretty cool play at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. She... You get a little bit more time with them in one of those episodes you haven't seen, like, right at the end. Mm. But she gets shot through by, like, the main dude, because he's, like, all of a with self-defense, and they can't do anything about it. Yeah, what are they going to do? Fucking tase me? And she, she does. She, go, she goes down, and then he's harassing the other chick, who also turns out is part of the gang. And then she stands up, and she's like, Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, there's a scene when her bo- her boob falls off and main boy has to, like, stitch it back on. Like Peter Pan's shadow. We learn that she can't feel pain, but she can feel pleasure. I feel like that's strange and just an excuse. Yeah, 100%. So, um, after the little task force bring down those fat horny pigs who are not helping their people stereotypes here at all, they go on to their next job, which is capturing that escaped monster from last episode. An arachne. She has a hostage, though. Fucking main boy. Yeah, but she was being held okay. hostage by a pervy porno man. She wasn't being held hostage. That was her carer. I know. But she ran away. 
Um, he isn't creeped out by her huge spider legs, and he successfully uses a nice charisma check to get on her good side. But they both think Miss Smith is, like, there for them. Yeah. Um, and one thing leads to another. Guess fucking what? The Arachne, bafflingly named Rachnera, Arachnera, <laughs> for fuck's sake, moves into the house with Main Boy, who she calls Honey. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that she doesn't like being in the human world because her original host family thought that they were going to get something nice. Oh, yeah, they, they wanted, like, a cool creature and this big giant monster fucking climbs out. Because they are probably the most unfortunately shaped. Because yeah. she's a, she, you know, she's literally just a woman sitting atop a VW bug with spider legs. Yeah. She don't fit in a house. No. So... Rachnes are spider centaurs. Pretty pure and simple there. Uh, they have four to six eyes, are carnivorous, and of course create webs like a spider does. It was originally for capturing prey, but in polite society, they are used for making knitted goods or dolls. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. But the compulsion is still there, so they like tying people up a lot. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. It's usually treated as rope bondage in this uh, series. It is. I've, yeah. You've noticed that? Uh-huh. Okay. The subspecies include small breeds, which are like those little jumping spiders. You know, fast-moving, rarely use webs, full of energy. For some reason, they're pink. Um, at any rate, uh, sorry, um, those ones are full of energy. Don't really make a lot of webs. Um, then there's the long-legged rachne, which the one pictured might be a bit Nazi for my taste. But at any rate, they are daddy long legs uh, in legs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah. They're very long-ass legs. Um... They don't produce web, but prefer to use quick, sudden movements and their big old legs to capture prey. They love hunting, to the point where they might abandon their prey to capture a different prey, because they like chasing the things around more than actually getting them. Shiny. Mm-hmm. Then you've got a fascinating one here, the large breeds. Okay. Um, these kind of have tarantula bodies, you know, big, thick, fur- furry ones. Mm. Um, they are, they are strong as fuck and also venomous. Then it says in the description stuff that they are dangerous and not suited for interspecies exchange. Hmm. Most cases of interaction end in assault charges and deportation. And this is the first and only time any of these get like a no-go like that. Hmm. So they must be pretty intense. That all they just don't care about the others. <laughs> it's weird that one but, like, type has been deemed Santa- unsafe considering everything else we've seen. Santa- they are Rio. killing that boy. Santeria isn't allowed her sword. Because it's literally a fucking weapon. That's yeah. why she carries around a plastic sword. She's got a plastic sword. It makes her feel better. It's a confidence sword. But it didn't it's say an emotional about... support sword. It didn't say that about the, the snake lady. Who has what? The venomous one. Uh, see, that's what I mean. But the None slime, of the other ones the are deemed are... a literal threat. Toxic waste slimes weren't deemed unsafe. Yeah, but... This is the only time it's like, oh, I don't know about this one. I'm like, fuck, but really? But maybe that's because, like, the breed is allowed over, but not that species. Mm. No, well, because all the, the other slimes, spiders are. But the slimes aren't supposed... That's what I'm saying. So the slimes aren't supposed to be in the human exchange. They're that's s- why they have to hide her. They're still new, but Smith, like, allows it after finding her anyway. Yeah, but that's because she's just a common slime. Mm. And Smith also just likes really fucking with this family. <laughs> This family, it's one guy. Yeah. Alright, so the show settles into this for a while. These are your main harem characters, okay? Main boy gets sick one episode, he gets a threatening letter, so then the Mon Squad tail him on dates to try to capture who did the threatening letter. 
Um, you know, he takes he goes on a date to the aquarium with Mia and Mira, uh, ending with a dragon girl stalker for Mia. Um, next date is a barbecue with Puppy and Sue. That episode end, uh, it adds a character called Key. Mm-hmm. There's a cat sneezing in the background, don't mind me. Uh, who's a forest nymph turned tree monster when, like, a bunch of, like, toxic waste gets in our root system. Yeah. Were you there for that one? Yeah. Okay. They had to, like, suck her tits to make her calm down. Because Poppy was trying to do it, and then she gets all, like, bound up, and so he has to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. Alright, so, yeah, she kind of reminded me of Salaby from that Pokemon movie, you know, big, big plant monster. Uh, the third date is with Saria, the centaur. Uh, the extra monster girl in this one is a devil girl messing with everyone's heads. I recognized her dub voice as Satsuke from Ghost Stories. This is Hillary uh, Hag or Hag. Uh, the fourth date is with the Mon girls, one after the other. It ends with the reveal that wraps the season up. Uh, the threatening letter was written by a Dullahan. Do you know what that is? No. Okay. Her threatening letter is more of actually a concern, it turns out. He isn't doomed because of her. He is doomed because these girls in his house do more destruction to him than a South Park does to Kenny. Oh, no. Anyway, she ends up moving into. Oh, no. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Voiced by I, Kakumi, who was Catwoman in that fucking Batman Ninja movie, uh, and Carly Monsier. Uh So you don't know what a Dullahan is? Not off the top of my head. It's like a type of Grim Reaper thingy. No, I, I do not. Okay. Well, um, the last monster girl Pokedex entry is the Dullahan. These Grim Reaper types, with the scythe and everything, are the harbingers of death and doom. Mm. Right, they are usually seen before disasters and tragedy, but whether it's cause or coincidence is currently under investigation. Uh, they are very similar to humans until the head comes off. Mm-hmm. Um... How the head and body live and operate independently is still a mystery because I guess no Dullahans are volunteering to be autopsied. Really? Mm. Some right. theories include the head having a small heart and the body having a small, like, extra brain. But, you know, fleas have head hearts, so Dullahans can get a little offended for the comparison. Yeah, I can I can understand why they're not impressed. And that, um... That pretty much brings us to the end of the season. And I can't say show because there still might be more. They're still in talks for another season. Hmm. Still. 2015. Um, what do you think? Do you have... You, you like the slime the best? Would yeah, you want one? Good. Would you adopt one, though? No. Okay. Out of all of them, which are you most... Like, which is the safest bet for adoption? Um... Not even Miss Smith. They're all pretty bad. You don't like incompetent government workers? Nah. That's what I am. I wouldn't want more than just me. Look, my favourite is Rachne because... Yeah, see? Arachnophobic. Yeah, I know, but she's like the least dumb bitch of the group. Like, she's the most normal. No. And she's a comforting thing in a sea of... Airheaded nonsense. I am arachnophobic and I say no. Well, they might not all be good. That's what I'm saying. Like, they don't have to be these bimbos. They could be, like, better versions of these types of monsters. I'm saying which would be... I don't know. I'm trying to think. Probably, like, a harpy because they're, like, the smallest one. They would fit in our house. Nope. I don't want to have to help. I don't want to be around if they're laying an egg. I'm, I'm going out. <laughs> I'll be back later that day. I'm out of here. Yeah, uh, I don't see myself adopting anything that 
No. Let me let me look back at my things here. <laughs> I guess a mono eye because they're chill. They just have a big eye. They're not doing nothing wrong. I feel bad for them too because they're very insecure because everyone looks at them and it's like ugh. I mean, they only have one eye. Mm-hmm. Look, all the other ones require like Ditto a bathtub would, or something. Ditto would be great because I can send her to work. Unless she undid her, because then she would be being naked. A house, huh? I don't know. I would have to explore more lore and see what other characters there are. I know there is no Gill Man, because I checked for you specifically. I don't think I would want one. He would use your bathtub. Exactly. You would, have, my, you would have to make an out. You would have to assemble an outdoor pool for your uh, creature. It's my bathtub. I know. You don't I don't sh- want to share. Okay. I feel like you and a mummy could bond to sit in a tub. No, it's mine. Think about it. Though. I don't want Miss to bathe. Miss Smith adds to, bathe to the house with the to raisin. make for a bigger pool. I don't. I don't want to bathe with a raisin. I'm just saying, by rights, if you adopt one, they will probably include a sweet, nice new bath and install it for us. No, I'm okay. Hmm. I'm, I'm just saying, you could get a nice upgraded bathtub and then just put the mummy in the shower. Get in there. Get. She might try to kick your ass. I don't, I don't know what her attitude would be like. Mm. Alright, well, do you have any maybe, final maybe thoughts a about... Maybe a little, a little toxic waste monster just in your house promoting radiation. He's poor little baby. He's sad. Yeah, they're very dark and emo. Let's try and feed him flowers. Oh, you're going to try to fix him? Come on, buddy. We're going to be friends. You're just going to make him sad and horny. Oh, wait. I've just made my husband. Ta-da. All right, so um, do you have any final thoughts? Would you be curious to read the manga knowing that nope. it's, like, still going? Nope. I'm almost curious just to know if they fill in any of these weird details that they keep setting up and not using. I, I'd have to spend some time on the wiki page see if I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to experience this. I need to learn. It's 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 gross. <laughs> it is. Is it a good topic for No Not November? Did it get you um bothered at all? No, but nor am I. Look, I can't say that because I was at one point. Ha 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 ha. I can't get hentai to work. Oh no, I can't get that to work, but like, I was gonna say I'm not attracted to cartoon characters, and then I was like, yeah, but you have been. Mm. Like who? Uh Like Peter Pan? For a little while. No. You just want to be Wendy, you don't really care about her sex life. I don't care about anyone's sex life. I think John Smith is quite nice. But very he's, problematic as a adult the, who knows the story. Oh, uh, yeah, the Pocahontas guy. I don't know what the first cartoon I liked was, and I don't think everyone, I was really into everyone cartoons. Everyone of our age had a thing for Kovu from the, the Lion King. See, this, Disney caused furryism. <laughs> furryism. That's right. Look, I liked Hilary Duff in Lizzie McGuire. I didn't like the weird cartoon Lizzie McGuire. I liked the cartoon Lizzie McGuire, but just because I wanted one. Oh yeah, I, w- I wanted like the sassy voice inside my. You brain want a little? Just, you like... want a little devil on your shoulder? Yeah. Well, I guess that brings us to the end. Thank God. Okay. It's Napta. Um. So the homework question: a lot of these monsters is essentially just person half on top, random animal on the bottom. Hmm. 
My question is, what animal are you swapping out your legs to be? Feel free to go first. I'm gonna... I want to Google a little bit because I want to be more specific with my answer. You don't want to be a platypus or a duck? No, I don't want the bottom half of a duck. I have a big fat ass not fitting in my ass. <laughs> Swimming. No, I would like a like some sort of bug. Maybe a leopard. Maybe a leopard sometimes? Panther. I, I would want... Big kitty. I would just have to pick a cool looking bug. Because I like the idea of walking around on walls and shit. Oh, that's the sound of me scuttling around the house. Okay, cool. Yeah, I would. I don't know which bug. If I if I pick a moth, do I get wings as well? Oh, that could be a moth. No, I'm very I'm very open to like a nice a nice fluffy moth. Then you would have hands. Yeah, no, give me big ass eyebrows. No, they've got hands. Moths have hands. They do, they have little scuttly hands. Look at him. This is the little pink one, see? I don't want to be a pink one. No. But yeah. he's, you're doing okay. It would fuck up my eyebrows though. I would have ones like the monarch. This is true. I, I, I look, I don't like the way I am now, so I'm gonna keep my body. Well, do you want to be one of these gay little fucking, these cool moths? Sure. I don't, a uh, rosy maple. That's what those ones are. Yeah, I know, because the... They look like, a, they look like an ice cream I would enjoy. Alright, well, I think we've come to an agreement. Uh, nice fluffy moths. Yep. Moths all around. Moth family. Alright, good. A deal has been made, and you know what that means? That means it's time to go. Uh, I hope you have enjoyed this episode, dear listener. Uh, this has been the School for Wayward Nerds. Uh, does... does no, not November. <laughs> does softcore anime. And, um, yes, on that note, remember to uh, rate, review, subscribe, do all those things. Listen, Close your blinds. Listen to the back catalogue. There's other stuff in there. There was a few topics where I thought about for this week and then remembered we'd already done. So, listen to our Kaiju episode, <laughs> I guess. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That's not so good one. Yeah, but it's, like, horny. No, it's not. They're, it's butts. It's, they're, they're they are their athletes. They are gentlemen but ladies. They are lady gentlemen. <laughs> Gentle mm-hmm. The gentlest of lady. Thank you for joining me, Producer Kyle. Oh, I was present. I've been your host, Toby DePaul. And, um, a, a, adopt a monster. Monster. Monsters need love too. Class dismissed. <laughs>